0: Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. The next two hours are devoted to learning something more, not just about the world of shoes and ships and sealing wax, but about how, what, and why we believe as we do. A time for the open-minded, willing to challenge some of those old ideas behind what we think we know, who we are, and who we might just become. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. All right, our chat room is open, and my partner, Ravinder, and our chat room monitor, Andrea, await you there now. You can log on by going to ProvocativeEnlightenment.com forward slash chat. We do have some truly great folks that join us every week. So, Ravinder, tell us all about the chat room, please.
1: It is a lovely chat room, a great group of people. We get great conversations going on in there. Um, It's inspiring, enlightening, lots of fun. Some really good friends. It's a great way to, you know, get some good friends, too. So do come join us. It's ProvocativeEnlightenment.com forward slash chat.
0: All right. A point of business before today's spotlight feature. I will be speaking in Philadelphia on October 10th and 11th at the 41st Annual Yoga Research Society's Conference. The subject this year is all about training your mind. There are a number of excellent speakers, and I encourage you to check it out by going to eldentaylor.com and selecting the yoga banner at the top of my page. I'd love to see you there, and if you're in the area, drop by. It is a wonderful bookstore that there's, that you should visit at the same time you're there. I'll get that out of my mouth. Garland of Letters, and and they're a co-sponsor of this event. So come on by. If you're not attending, ask for me anyway, and I'd love to meet you. All right. In this week's spotlight, our subject is the genie within. If you look at Goodreads for quotes from authors, the first one you find under my name says this, quote, The absolutely awesome, incredible power of belief is the genie in your life. Close quote. Indeed, in my book, I Believe When What You Believe Matters, the bottom line takeaway after examining all of the science can be stated this way everything you believe matters. Imagine this. Within you, there is an awesome force with a potential creative power that can express your fears and worries just as quickly as your desires and ambitions. Indeed, just this past week, a new study announced, quote, "...negative spiritual beliefs are associated with more pain and worse physical mental health." The researchers found that folks who felt it was their karma suffered much more than those with no such belief. In other words, if your belief system includes the idea that disease and sickness are trials of punishment then the suffering will be much more intense. Now that makes perfect sense when you think about it because expectation becomes perception. Let me flesh that out some. Many believe the reason the Incans were taken in by the conquistadors was due to a prophecy regarding the arrival of gods. The late scientist Candace Pert argued that when the Incas first saw the arriving Spanish ships, they believed the prophecy was coming true as they had never seen ships like this before. They had no frame of reference and as such, when the men with what appeared to be golden hats started to come ashore, what they saw were gods walking on water. Because of the belief, there was no resistance until it was too late. Expectation. That of the imminent arrival of gods based on prophecy led to this fatal perception. Over and over, research informs us that what you truly believe is what you manifest. Now understand, what you manifest is based on your perception. So there is a circularity here. Recent studies have shown that there is a difference in the brains between the optimist and others. In a headline appearing in Medical Daily, we are instructed that optimist or pessimist brain scans show positive and negative people really do think differently. The study revealed not only a different hardwiring, but the necessity of a different approach when helping your pessimistic friends. You can't just tell them to be positive, for that's a strategy they don't understand and won't work. Instead, the approach should be one of evaluating the problem in a reasonable manner. Just as we are hardwired in ways that direct our optimism, we are hardwired to believe. The brain is a believing machine, and I have blogged on this one many times in the past, so suffice it to say, our very nature requires that we believe. We must rely on our understanding of the world, or we will go crazy, literally, Imagine how you would behave if you disbelieved gravity and were ever prepared for its sudden suspension. We must believe our mothers will care for us, or we could never find peace, even as a tiny infant. So believe we do. Now, Franz anton Mesmer taught the world a great lesson about belief. Using magnets, he was able to manipulate our so-called animal magnetic properties. He could magnetize a tree and lead a patient to the tree, and the patient would instantly be cured. The number of cures Mesmer is reported as achieving are nothing short of miraculous, but it turned out that Mesmer's magnets were not curing anything. It was the power of the authority and the subject's own suggestibility that brought about the cure. Belief in the cure was the cure expectation preceding perception once again, or as William James, the great American philosopher, put it, quote, belief creates the actual fact, close quote. In the delightful book, Kidding Ourselves, by Joseph Halliman, this sort of cure is called the medicine of imagination. Placebo research has demonstrated that given the right authority, some placebos are as effective or more so than the real treatment indeed according to halanan many of today's so-called wonder treatments are themselves nothing more than mesmer's magnets halanan is specific about some citing several studies including those on tapping and acupuncture to support his case he reviews this famous study where subjects were told they were being treated by acupuncture when in fact they were only touched by toothpicks the group receiving the toothpick treatment received every bit the same relief as the group receiving actual acupuncture in my new book gotcha some startling numbers are revealed by way of the number of physicians that routinely prescribe placebos for their patients this is a worldwide phenomena and in the UK 97% of the doctors surveyed reported prescribing placebos that's a little higher than the United States but more than half of American doctors have admitted to prescribing placebos now why would they do that simple because it works bottom line belief precedes expectation which leads to perception and perception is all we have your thoughts on this one Ravinder
1: oh you covered lots of different areas there um the one bit that I did like was just a very practical application when you were talking about um, how you communicate with optimists and pessimists and you can't just tell a pessimist everything's going to be fine. You know, there are different personality types and I've, you know, there have been times I've tried to help someone out and I just couldn't get through to them. It didn't matter what I did. Well, it just comes down to a different uh, brain type, so I have to take a different approach. So I like the very practicality of that little piece of information. You're looking at me quizzically there.
0: <laughs> no, not really. It's just, you know, hardwired brain, I suppose, does give rise to some extent to personality. I was thinking of the other way around, you know, but yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I, I don't mean to be critical in my look at you. <laughs> I just, uh, um, you know, we we are believing machines, and it is important for us to recognize that. And it's also important to recognize that we're not all the same, and we are hardwired in different ways, and that gives rise to some of the differences. I don't want to be the Harvard professor who loses his job for pointing some of that out, but, yeah. you know, that is a fact, so.
1: It definitely is, and then you went on to, you know, the other point that I like: the the belief in a cure is a cure. And what that made me think about was just again my own personality type. I tend to think that the 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 way my body works is very sensitive, so it takes very little drugs of any kind to work for me. So I always take the bare minimum dosages for absolutely everything well is it the belief that i don't need as much or is it that my body really doesn't need as much does it really matter the fact is um it helps i get great relief with taking very very little of anything so that was kind of cool and then just the last point you were talking about uh, uh, all the doctors that prescribe placebos when i worked in the path lab in england you know that was when the uh the superbugs were coming out and Mercer and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and that is caused by the over-prescribing of antibiotics. So when I first met you, I was really, really against, you know, all of these antibiotic creams that you see everywhere, the antibiotic dish soaps and all of that crazy, crazy stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there is a definite reason a definite benefit for doctors prescribing placebos because they're not going to be creating some of these other issues i would hope you know then that does beg the whole question then that if everyone thinks that it's caused by lots of drugs and antibiotics then maybe you could create a whole different kind of superbug maybe
0: well, i don't know <laughs> what we need i think is you know, we need to understand a little more about how the mind is able to produce the results that it does from inert substances, placebos. Uh, we need to bottle the placebo. That's what it comes down to. Okay? All right. Every week I read some of your letters as our way of involving you while paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful. Last week our show featured a discussion about my new book, Gotcha, The Subordination of Free Will. Rashia wrote, Gotcha is a reminder that in a world of propaganda we must be aware and alert and most of all prepared to act. Eldon takes us through the background and history of aspects of hypnosis and behavioral modification and demonstrates how government and big business uses this knowledge for their own agendas through an almost constant flood of advertisements and doublespeak that strives to lead us like sheep. Knowledge is power, and the more big business and government knows about us, the more power they have over us, giving them the ability to do anything from selling us the latest in toothpaste to gaining our acceptance of restrictive government legislations and even wars. Gotcha reminds us of how many of our rights have already been given away for the privilege of what authorities call security or safety and how those lost freedoms may only serve to give them more power over us. Gotcha is a call to action as a reminder that if each of us believes we cannot make a difference and don't act because our actions will be too small, then our individuality will eventually be swallowed by those who exert their influence over us. Gotcha is a thought-provoking must-read for anyone who cares about the future of humanity in the 21st century. Thank you, Rishi. Roy, a reader's favorite wrote gotcha the subordination of free will by eldon taylor true to its title enchanted me completely this book tells me what iconoclast Karl popper has been in science eldon taylor is being so everywhere else the relevance i think of books like gotcha is becoming more and more clear as we progress in our research in areas like quantum life or quantum biology Latest results from these areas show the border between things that we used to consider as black and white becoming rather hazy, promoting a rethink on many of our early notions. This is a good book. It prepares one to be in step, philosophically too, with the changes taking place everywhere. Richard wrote, I want to congratulate Eldon on a magnificent new work. I can't imagine researching and logging and sorting all this info, let alone writing it I hope you sell a couple of million copies. Well, thank you, Richard. I do too. Okay. Roland wrote, I am so high on this book. It's a game changer. Anna wrote, Your Intertalk CDs are wonderful and I can't thank you enough. I am raising my children on your CDs and they are doing so well that I'm beside myself with joy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Anna. Ravinder and I relate. We raised our sons on Intertalk as well, and not only have they become outstanding young men and scholars, but they're both doing a lot to help other people. Jamie wrote, Thank you for your free forgiving MP3. I finally have let go of all those fears and frustrations thanks to your Intertalk program. Well, you're more than welcome, Jamie, and for all of you out there, remember we offer a few free Intertalk programs to assist you on your path to personal best. Just go to intertalk that's i n n e r t a l k dot com Get yours today all right that's all the time we're going to take for letters, but I do invite you to opine by sending your comments to Elden at eldendalor dot com or by joining me on facebook and i want to thank all of you for your letters and comments. We truly do appreciate your feedback and support now to this week's show advanced spirituality based interventions in clinical care with Joseph Pierce Farrell. Let me tell you a little about today's guest. Joseph, JP as he likes to be known, Pierce Farrell is an internationally recognized and award-winning pioneer at the forefront of healing research. He is the founder and director of the Institute for Spirituality and Healthcare in Princeton, New Jersey. As a researcher, he leads an interdisciplinary team of physicians and scientists who are redefining the capacity of spiritually-based practices and interventions to achieve rapid physical changes in human tissue. As a practitioner, he is sought after worldwide for his reputation to integrate advanced mind-body-spirit practices and interventions to achieve rapid healing and rapid anti-aging results. In recognition... Of his pioneering developments, he, along with Dr. Larry Dossi and Dr. James Gordon, was awarded the Courage and Integrative Medicine Award by the Global Health Institute. He is also the author of the international nonfiction bestseller, Manifesting Michelangelo. So on that, let's get him in. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Joseph Pierce Farrell.
2: J.P. Farrell here in Princeton. Hello, Eldon.
0: How are you, sir?
2: Very, very good, and I'm sure you have a provocative lineup of questions prepared. And I look
0: oh, forward to you know, I sort of do, you know, but before we very get good. into that, what you know, we like three things from all of our guests. Who's the messenger? What is the message? And, of course, how do we use it? So to that end, please tell us a little bit about you what was your life as a young person? Were you raised religious? What did you want to be when you grew up? What was your childhood like? Were you a leader, a loner? How did it forge who you are today?
2: Very good. Very good. You know, uh, that's, a, that's a great question, and it, and, and it, it kind of begs the uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? And, uh, you know, where where do we come from? And, and how do we become what what we've become. I I do recall being a child, and I I do remember my dad was a firefighter in New York City. And I remember about four or five years, uh, I was about four or five years old, and my dad was rushed to the hospital being injured uh, at a fire, uh, and a ladder fell on his head. And he was unconscious. And uh, we visited the hospital, and and I said to the physicians, when can my daddy come home? And they said, well, we don't know. We, we don't know. And I I was four or five years old, and um, and I said, well, what do you mean you don't know? And I it kind of put a spark into me that, that I, uh, someday I wanted to be a healer, and I wanted to help people and heal people and, and let people get home, and I wanted to find, find those answers. Um, later on in my life, um, I was diagnosed with dyslexia, and even though I had uh, a slightly above average IQ, I I was only a B student in school. And when I saw my guidance counselor and they asked me what would I like to be when I was a teenager, I said, I want to work in medicine, or and they said, well, that's never going to happen, so give that up. And they said, what's your fallback? And I said, well, I'd like to do something with, like, world peace. And they said, well, that's not going to happen. Maybe uh, maybe a job in, in cleaning services. So um, so what I did was I, I spent years working in business, and I was very unhappy. And one day my soul just rebelled, and, uh, you know, uh, about 30, I started, I changed my uh, vocation to my advocate my love of uh, studying healing. And I think, I think I had a, uh, a wonderful opportunity when I was a midshipman at the, uh, in the U S maritime service. And I served as the ship's physicians, uh, ship's assistant. And I got to witness surgeries and got to witness saving people's limbs and and lives. And, and that encouraged in, in me, a desire that someday that I wanted to help people. So, um, Interestingly enough, I I, uh, had had a career change, and I looked at every uh, modality uh, offered here in the West, uh, medicine, uh, physician's assistant, psychology, uh, chiropractic, allopathy, all all these different things, um, massage, and none of them really fully, fully resonated with me. And uh, I got a a lovely book from a a friend of mine, Mitchell, who who encouraged me in my search, and he said, you're uniquely qualified for for a career a career path or a job title yet to be uh, yet to be created, and today we see this emerging field of uh, spirituality and mind body uh, uh, emerging into the healthcare arena. and And uh, I'm so glad I'm here on the earth uh, to witness this uh, at this point.
0: All right, so you know I'm going to back you up a little bit here sure. because you're a chaplain. I'm. Audience- uh, I, I-
2: uh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a hybrid. I, I was a, a medical corpsman for years. Um, I, I served as a medical corpsman for, for years, and then I also uh, I had attended seminary. So I'm a hybrid. Uh, I'm a hybrid. Studied studied medicine for a while, and then also went through seminary and went through a chaplain training program. So I my licensure is
0: is a chaplain. That's correct. Okay. So I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I just want to get everything you know out here on the table. Sure. Were you raised in a religious family? Did you attend church young? I mean, how did you get moved toward um, spirituality?
2: Ah, very interesting. Uh, Okay, as a child, uh, my parents were not religious people. Um, I did uh, attend some religious instruction Um, as a child. I remember, like, maybe two years on a Wednesday. Um, But I, I don't think from the time I was maybe... Eight or nine. I, I don't think I had. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't think I had been been in a church from like I was nine to maybe uh, maybe my late twenties uh, for different reasons. Um, but uh, not not. A, I didn't have a religious a religious uh, upbringing. My grandmother. Uh, my grandmother on my father's side was. You know, she was she was a Christian, and uh, would drag me drag me to church, which which I did. It was very difficult for me to to uh, to sit still, but uh, that was the underpinning. I mean, in my subconscious, I guess.
0: Okay. So I, I, I guess what I'm looking for, JP, is, is it right? Yeah. I understand that's what you want me to call you. Is that correct? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So uh, what I'm looking for is at what point did you did you merge these two together? Because that's what you really done. You've merged your medical experience with your chaplain training, uh, to bring about a special kind of spiritual healing. What at what point? What what was a catalyst to do that?
2: Well, you know, I, it, it's it's very it's very interesting because I I wrote a book called Manifesting Michelangelo, and it I, I tell the story of, of how this happened to me. I uh, I was basically t boned and blindsided, you know, by by the capacity to be able to do this. Um, uh, I, I was working in business, so I was very, very. Unsucce- I was very, very successful in business, but very unhappy. And I used to read on spirituality. I used to read on healing. I used to read Tai Chi, Qigong, about Reiki. I used to read all these things years ago. And one one night uh, on on weekends, I used to work, uh, and I used to restore antiquities, and antiques, and statues and
0: things. And uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard the story, but I'll just just uh, give you a I've read like, your book, But yeah. our audience hasn't, so please do flesh okay, it out. Okay, very
2: good so so take this Here, here's a gentleman working during the day in a suit very unhappy and in the evening he he descends into his basement and he restores antiques and i i um i had a statue that was missing a nose and the uh gentleman who owned uh, this he was a was a dealer of antiques he asked me if i could uh put a nose on the statue and my girlfriend at the time was an architect uh, studying uh from at uva and um so I, I really enjoyed working with shapes, and I really enjoyed fixing things and whatever. So I looked at the statue was missing a nose, and I put a post in the nose, just like a like a like a, a dentist would do, putting an implant. I put a post in it, formed a nose, put the nose on, shaped it, polished it, punched some holes into it, put some tobacco juice in there to age it, waxed it. And when I gave, uh, when I when I sat there and looked at it after about four or five hours, um, uh, I I I I, w- I was just so happy with with the result. And, and I sat there and I just said, gee, wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could fix human beings or fix children uh, at the same level of artistry uh, um, in which I could use my God-given gift to, uh, to, to you know, to fix a statue?"
0: And what happened at that
2: moment, at that moment, I
0: was hold just, it, hold it, hold it, that's the cliffhanger. We're going okay. to leave everybody right there because I don't want to get kicked out by the computer and we've got a hard break coming up here. Very good. But when we come back, you pick it right up, all right? We're speaking Absolutely. with Joseph Pierce Farrell about his life, work, research, and best-selling book, Manifesting Michelangelo. And that is a great read. To learn more about uh, Joseph, visit his website at spiritualityandhealthcare.org and or joseph dot com okay, remember to join Ravinder and Andrea in the chat room. You can do that by going to provocativeenlightenment.com dot com forward slash chat. Do stay tuned. We'll be right
3: back. You're listening to provocative enlightenment with Elton Taylor.
4: A silent battle has been raging for the territory of your mind. Like a virulent virus, the effects are spreading. In Gotcha, Eldon Taylor explores the 24-7 bombardment of information designed to manage your thinking. He demonstrates how new sound bites are championed into personal awareness, becoming memes of the culture. And this results in framing and reframing classical positions, causing adjustments to personal values and history itself. Your every decision process is being managed and manipulated. Gotcha exposes the arrival of the Orwellian age in full-blown technicolor. In laying bare the current uses of the many sophisticated techniques, Eldon reveals what it is we need to do in order to avoid allowing others to puppet our thoughts. For details, go to eldentaylorcom backslash gotcha.
0: Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, we're chatting with Joseph Pierce Farrell about his life, work, research, and best-selling book, Manifesting Michelangelo. Now, we ask our guests for three pieces of music, three of their favorites, music that has some genuine significance to them. Music is more important to us than many recognize. It can awaken forgotten memories and has even restored lost states of consciousness. Fact is, music psychology is an expanding field of research with a lot of relevance in areas, including investigations of human aptitude, skill, intelligence, creativity, personality, and social behavior. As such, there's a fair amount of self-disclosure in the music our guests can choose. All right, on that, we just played You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. So please tell us, why is this one important to you, JP? And how does it <laughs> instruct us about who you are?
2: Okay, uh, so You Sexy Thing, but, you know, I believe in miracles. And uh, I like what you were saying earlier in the intro of of how our belief affects our, affects our reality. And um, I had never believed in miracles growing up, you know, for the... First thirty years of my life, but now I'm a, uh, I'm a, an absolute believer, and I, I love the uh, I love the saying that um, a, a miracle won't make a believer, but believers will create miracles. And I think it's the belief um, a belief that activates some type of mechanism that allows allows this 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 uh, mind body spirit interface to to somehow that combine to kick in, and it will allow allow us to manifest and orchestrate. And to co-create things that uh, that would uh, that would would seem impossible to some people, but 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 we've all so many more people now these days are experiencing, uh, manifesting you know their dreams you know and making these things come true.
0: And this song, the lyrics to this song, uh, they support that. I believe in miracles. (laughs) I believe in miracles. Okay, sexy thing, hot chocolate. All right, sir. We left the audience just kind of hanging. Um, okay, I'll drop the bomb. A, Get ready. Go ahead. Okay. So for, uh, I'm just
2: going to give a little uh, uh, recap. Uh, I live in New York, and I live uh, right next to the Ear, Nose, and Throat Hospital. And each day I was walking over to my, to my finance job, my business job that I didn't like. And each day I'd, 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 I'd pass the Ear, Nose, and Throat Hospital, and I'd see these disfigured children getting at a taxis and coming from the subway and their faces uh covered with wrap and bandages and i i had empathy you know their hearts and i look at them and i go okay i'm going over to my job to make money but here are these pe- these disfigured children and, and and i would carry every day on my work on my uh on my walk over to madison Avenue, to think about these children so um i decided after after this after months of passing these children that i, I was going to quit my job and i didn't have a kind of jumped without a uh Annette uh, didn't have a fallback plan, and uh, my my girlfriend and I went out for dinner. And she said, "So, any any, w- what have you decided to do?" And I said, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue my bliss. I'm gonna I'm gonna study healing and things like that." And she she meant, she said to me, "You mean as a hobby?" And I said, "No, as a profession." And I never saw her again. So so she left. But um, and uh, so I kind of feel like I dodged a bullet. But this is where it happened. So the girlfriend dumps me. I'm unemployed. And um, I needed to make some money, so I used to restore. Anti- I started restoring te- antiques in the evening. I had a I had a basement studio where I'd restore antiquities, and I was restoring a statue with a missing nose. And I put a post in the nose. I formed a nose. I carved it. I polished it. Time just went by, four or five hours. After five hours, it was perfection. It was restored back to, um to to to, to its beautiful beautiful state. And at that moment what i what i what i was thinking was how wonderful would it be if i could restore the face of a disfigured child's face or a disfigured kid's nose with the same give, uh, god-given artistry that i have to do a statue and as i thought that you know just dreaming just dreaming just dreaming i just had this uh, joy in my in my heart like wow that would be great that would be a meaningful life wow and i was sitting there living Truthfully, under an imaginary circumstance, full of joy, and at that moment, a light exploded right in front of my, my face, three, four inches right in front of my face, and, and, and I lost my sight. Completely lost my sight. I'm sitting there in a basement in New York, jobless. My girlfriend just dumped me. And I'm blind. Mm. What do you do? I, 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 just, I, I just sat there for moments. And I just realized. My brother said, "You should know how to dial your phone nine one one with your eyes closed. You should memorize what the numbers are." And I didn't. I couldn't find nine one one on my cell phone. So I just sat there, <sighs> just breathing, thinking, "Oh my God, I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm forty years old. I'm I'm blind. I'm homeless. I mean, I'm going to be homeless soon. Whatever." And then all of a sudden, like a black and white TV, my my vision started to come back, and I saw a little little spark little sparkles and gray and black and, and about 15 seconds my vision came back and uh, and it, it scared me it really really scared me so <laughs> so what's interesting i you know i'm not a religious person but right there on the corner of where my, my studio was in, in in new york city on 72nd street is a, is a is a church across the street and i i got very nervous i didn't know what happened so i uh i ran across the street and i took my artist sponge and i threw it in the the church's holy water and I ran across the street and threw it on this, on this statue and I, because I, I didn't know what happened. It really scared me. I was nervous. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, now let's fast forward. I'm dreaming how wonderful would it be to heal disfigured children? Um, in the next three or four days, I was sitting at a dinner party and my left hand was reaching for the bread dish and a man screams, Oh my God, you're a healer. And I said to him, don't ever say that. What do you mean? And he said, "My hand's been paralyzed for 20 years, and it just came back to life." Um, so that you know that that story went around, and then people were starting to bring all these different types of sick people to me, and with different incre- incrementing levels of difficulty. So the uh, next day, somebody came with a, a paralyzed arm, and that was healed in minutes. And then somebody came with a, a bleeding ulcer, and that was healed in minutes. A person came with arthritis, and that was healed in minutes. And then somebody called me up and said, I've got a disfigured child. And he's had 30 surgeries on his face. and He's really, really disfigured. And I, my my heart had so much joy because I was looking for a disfigured child to work on, just like Michelangelo searched for weeks and weeks and weeks to look for a beautiful piece of Carrera marble to carve the David out of. Right. And when she called me, she said, I have a very, very disfigured child. So he said, I want you to meet him and his mother. So I went, I met him and his mother, and I looked at the boy, and I was so happy. I mean, he was so disfigured. Uh, he was so disfigured that he told me when he walked down the street, dogs would bark at him, and kids would, like, scream at him. He was truly disfigured. Uh, but I was just, I was just full of joy because this was the piece of Carrera marble that I, that I w- was looking for to, uh, to manifest, you know, the power of uh, mind-body-spirit interface to, to change. So I, I pulled him aside, and his name was Sammy, and I said, Sammy, I said, uh, he said, you going to help me? I said, Sammy, I'm going to. I'm going to give you. I'm going to make it look like Brad Pitt. I'm going to give you a beautiful, beautiful nose. And he said, "Really?" And I said, "Yeah." And the, the, the people there pulled me out of the room and said, "You can't tell this child this. He's going to believe you. And if you let him down, uh, he, he's going to be devastated." You know. I said, "No. We're, we're going to heal his face." So three, four days later, I had him in my office in New York, and I just sat him there. And somebody put on a music by Aretha Franklin. <laughs> 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 I had a professor. Uh, from Harvard, standing over my over my uh, right shoulder. Uh, the mother was sitting there. And uh, I closed my eyes, and I, I connected the source. I held an intention. I opened my eyes, and I looked at this disfigured face like a glacier on top of a mountain, and uh, opened my eyes. And as I looked and I held the intention and the empathy, all the scar tissue on his face started to melt and break down and move and ripple. And uh, I turned around and I said to the professor, "I said, are you seeing this?" And she said, "Yes, I am." And the tears were just streaming down her her face. And I was just so happy to to be humble to be able to do this. And the mother was crying. And and um, then we took a post uh, post intervention image, and the child had a beautiful aesthetic nose. Um, so what happened was, um, I started inviting medical doctors into the room, and uh, I wouldn't tell them what I was going to do, but but I would. Uh, I would say, I'm going to to, to, uh, to do something, and I want you to tell me what you see. So soon after, I had board-certified surgeons from the hospital next door coming in, and they would attest to seeing J.P. Farrell wield spirit, the accuracy of a high-grade medical laser, to, uh, to form and shape human tissue. And uh, at that moment, I got together with, with a group, and we formed a foundation, and we decided that we wouldn't talk about it, that we would just – do evidence based research and we document them. So I did, uh, I did 50 of these cases and I, went, I presented at the As- uh, in Aspen, at the uh, Yale Club, at, up in Cambridge, and, and I just kept it under wraps and I started documenting and building a big body of evidence. And uh, when it was all done and I had all of these cases of just disfigured kids and, and people and faces that I had changed and, and healed and removed scars. Uh, we gave it to a surgeon, a top, top surgeon on Park Avenue. and We asked him, would you please uh, review the pre-images and the post-images and see if there was a benevolent treatment effect from zero to four? Now, he wasn't paid. Uh, he was very excited. And he it came back, and um, he had scored a 96% efficacy rate in achieving benevolent treatment effect in, 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 all, in, these, uh, in these 25 uh, participants. At the very end, he said to the surgeon on my board, he says, whoever the surgeon is who did these noses, please don't have them come to Park Avenue. We don't need any more uh, competition. At that moment, he said, it wasn't a surgeon. It was done by a healer. And he said, oh, my, can I retract, you know, the uh, the blinded review? And he said, no, you can't. <laughs> so um, ever since that, uh, I have worked with a uh, a committed uh, team of physicians and scientists, and we now have a laboratory in Princeton. And um, we had uh, operating tables and surgical, surgical lights donated by uh, a top medical uh, uh, supplier in New York. And, and um, we're, we now are um, doing this on a daily basis here in Princeton, and the, and the surgeons come in and watch. Now, the interesting thing is, and you'll appreciate this, Eldon, as, you know, as, as an expert on the mind, bringing the surgeons in a new surgeon every other day and they stand there and they have their arms crossed as we're all standing there in scrubs and we have the person mm-hmm. on the table with the, their two hundred thousand dollar operating lights and 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 we look at the tissue and they're standing there with their arms crossed with with you know basically an attitude like no way and the tissue starts to move but what's interesting is their jaws drop and recently we had uh, we had uh, a uh, Emmy-nominated uh, medical cinematographer from near Presbyterian. He was in a room filming a, a procedure. And uh, just as I started to do a procedure, uh, the surgeon started saying, oh, my God, holy XXX. Oh, my God, FXXX. And I was so angry because because uh, the, you know, the, film, the 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 film the, uh, tape and crew, they charge a lot of money. And mm. that was it. But <laughs> I looked at him, and afterwards, I said, why, "Why did you? Why did you curse?" While we're, and he said, "Well, I, I, I And what I realized was that he he was trying to um, he was trying to reconcile what he was witnessing with his medically trained eyes uh, compared to what he was taught with the limits of, of the mind in medical school. Right, and uh, um. that's why I think that uh, me and the team, and I, I and I defer to the expertise. Um, have decided our mission is to explore and document the efficacy of spiritually-based practices and interventions to achieve tangible health benefits across a wide array. So just keeping it within the evidence-based and documenting these cases. And and uh, as you know, like on our website, we've, we're have we working on everything from soft tissue and scars and disfigurement, and burns to shattered bones
0: um, Indeed, and, uh,
2: building a body of evidence.
0: Your story of Sammy, uh, we have the video on that and we're going to be showing it in our chat room. That's, that's an incredible video, an incredible difference in this young man. Uh, and, and, I, I can thoroughly understand. I mean, I, in my mind, I see, you know, that closed down body posture with the arms all crossed, like, okay, sure. you know, what, sure. what kind of huckster is this? Uh, sure. And then, and then the gasp, you know, cause yeah. that's what it is. It's, uh, you know, yeah. you, you are showing them something that fundamentally in their mind is simply not possible. But it also raises in my mind a lot of historical issues. We've, we've had some really talented, gifted people that have, uh, been Healing other individuals have been charged with things like practicing medicine without a license. What have you done with regard to how you've protected yourself there?
2: Well, you know, what's interesting is that um, I've been, you know, I I went to seminary years ago, and i've been a I've been a hospital chaplain now for you know over fifteen years, and I attended seminary, and I. uh, you know, and I'm a member of uh, several professional uh, uh, chaplain organizations. I'm uh, I am a, an adjunct professor at, at one university, and I'm actually a prof- uh, and I actually teach at seminary. So I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm a I'm a chaplain, and uh, chaplains are allowed to minister to the sick. And um, when when these people come in, they are. Um, they they sign an informed consent that we understand that they'll be receiving a, you know, spiritually based interventions, and they must continue with their their medical care. And you know what's interesting enough, I I think because I, I've stayed out of the limelight, for so many years, uh, I've attracted the support of, uh, of some major, some very very powerful influential people. And uh, and uh, years ago in New York, uh, I did receive some grants from. Um, you know the heirs to to the biggest you know biomedical companies in, in New York because they they were so interested in, in what I was doing in this uh, in this area they they gave me grants and uh, so the, the great thing is I, I, I for people who are suffering from healthcare uh, I was very I was very lucky that I received philanthropic support so that people participating in all these studies never paid anything and I never touched them. Um, and they sign and informed consents, and I always do the work under with a medical doctor in the room. So you've got a medical doctor either in the room or standing in the hallway. So it's under uh, medical supervision. I am a healthcare chaplain. I, I do have visiting privileges at uh, major hospitals throughout the nation, um, and uh, so I, I think because I'm working under, uh, you know, I'm, I, I am a board certified chaplain. I I am a member of the National Association of College and University chaplains. I'm a professor uh at the seminary. Uh I teach a class and in, uh, in chaplaincy. So I think because uh, uh because uh, you know the state and federal government uh, does not uh, hinder sure. uh, chaplains from uh you know, it's interesting. I mean if you, if you visit a hospital today, you uh who's allowed to walk in your room and, and, and visit someone who's in a coma? Um and it's basically you have your medical staff um or you have your mental health staff or the chaplain so i uh, I'm permitted to uh, to to work in the healthcare uh, arena mm-hmm. and I think some other people like i, I recently i knew a, a very very gifted healer years ago and uh, but um, he he had uh, he 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 had actually had a website that he was actually treating and curing people and i and the the th- the thing with me is for fifteen years i I never once said on a website that I had ever cured or, or healed anyone but you know doctors throughout the world would would write down. what was interesting was to what he did to watch the knee transformer. What was interesting is to watch him transform a, a nose uh, or diminish and lift a nose within four minutes or what was interesting was to watch my leg transform. So so I would just let medical doctors testify and say it and I just wouldn't I would just keep my mouth shut because you know I'm simply a uh, uh, I'm not a medical expert, so I let the medical expert speak and uh, and, uh, and 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 let them off with their expert testimony so to answer your question um, uh, chaplains in this country and it's really wonderful that in the US that um, that uh, you know the division of uh, church and state that that uh, chaplains uh, right.
0: whether or not I work but, with a but team you've chaplain you've taken you've taken Sorry? the extra steps i say right but you've taken the extra steps because you know that consent always staying under the umbrella of ministry as opposed to, you know, advertising or taking money or da, 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 sure. da. Um, that's, that's what's protected you then. Those, you know, today we, we have all kinds of mail order ministers as they're called. Sure. Yeah, of course. And, and, uh, and they often obtain ministerial status for the entire or the sole purpose of, uh. um, you know, helping yeah, other sure. people for a fee. Sure. And, uh, so, uh, in the area of medicine, that's just not down. You, you really have me here though now. You have this skill, you have this, this gift. You're a conduit is how I would think of it, uh, for a source that is beyond yourself. Uh, fair enough.
2: Let me, let me touch, touch on that, Eldon. I, Please. You know there are two schools of thought there. There is uh, one is the bucket theory and one is the you know the hose theory. So one is it's coming from you and the other one is uh, you're a conduit. It's coming through you. So I, I ascribe to the second one. I'm I'm simply uh, <laughs> just a conduit. And uh, the more I allow my personality, my techniques, my ego to step out of it, and the more I just surrender, uh, the more powerful it, it will come through me. Um, so, uh, yes, I would, I would, I would absolutely agree with you. Yes, we, we have that capacity to be conduits. And I, I, I started developing that as a child and I, I, was a child and my parents would argue and fight all the time. And I didn't like to sit and hear. I was very sensitive and I didn't like to, I, I can't sit in a room when people are shouting or fighting. I, it just, it really upsets me. So I, my family lived on, um, right on the border of, of, uh, the uh, Roosevelt uh, lived next door and they had a big estate. So I would, I would sneak into their estate and I would go and sit at their pond and I would maybe for hours and hours and hours. And It was almost to the point where the periphery of me and my being, in my mind uh, would, 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 would start to break down and I would become uh, one with the environment. I would sit there in stillness and I could feel, I could feel, I could feel my, you know, I could feel the, the life force of, you know the grass and, and, and everything just permeate me and i was one with it you know and uh, if you sit in, in in a marsh like that uh, uh, everything from the ripple of the water to the breeze and you become one with it now, I, I would sit for hours motionless uh, to the point where where the animals just would ignore me and just you know i i literally have would like i had a fox just walk up to me and look at me and sit down and walk by and ducks would come and sit and they would look at me and they would just kind of look at me and then look away and continue on their way and see the little little otters would come by. Walk, it sit there and play with their little pups and so. So I think you know, William Tiller once said that if you if you really want to move into the, uh, you know, into the field of healing, you you can start out with, uh, with starting to work with energy and energy cultivation. And you know they've been doing this in the East for thousands of years. You know and you know cultivating. Uh, the ability through
0: through Qigong exercises and Tai Chi forms. uh, Some of what you do is is far beyond what uh, we're going to find as normal, ordinary, even among the most spiritual in the East. We have another break. When we come back, I want to ask you, uh, do you ever take on any of these illnesses? Because that seems to be a common report. If you would like to know more about Joseph Pierce Farrell, and his work. Visit his websites at spiritualityandhealthcare.org and or josephpierceferrell.com. Now we have a video for you during the break featuring our guest discussing the paradigm in science and medicine. You can meet Sammy there. View it in the chat room. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. Change has never been easier. Whether you wish to lose weight, stop smoking, build better relationships, become creative, enjoy ultra prosperity, or simply relax and promote self healing, inner talk has been repeatedly demonstrated effective in the most rigorous of scientific studies. Our customers love Inner Talk. Sean wrote, I have struggled with bulimia for over thirty years and have never been able to lose weight without restoring to it, until I used Intertalk. Vicki wrote, my hubby has been using the Stop Snoring CD and already his dangerous and raucous snoring levels have stopped. Celeste wrote, I recently graduated from Taft Law School with honors. I'm writing to tell you how much your Intertalk CD, Excel in Exams, has helped me. With over 300 titles to choose from, there is something for everyone. Check it out today by going to intertalk.com.
0: Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. back if you're just joining us we're speaking with joseph pierce farrell about his life work research and his book manifesting michelangelo now jp we just played your second musical choice amazing grace performed by chris tomlin i think by now our listening audience has an idea as to why you might find this one special but you tell us please
2: okay great uh well uh, just like many, many people who go through their lives and they're, uh, they're just floundering and, and they don't have a purpose and they're, you know, uh, pursuing false, you know, gods and false, and listening to false prophets and pursuing prophets and that's going to make them happy and they're very, very unhappy. And, um, and I, I was just, uh, just so blessed. Uh, I remember reading, uh, re- a quote, um uh, uh in one of the Gnostic Gospels uh, from Thomas, that said, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you, and if you don't bring forth what's within you, what you don't bring forth will will kill you. And I was just so blessed to um, to have this experience where, you know, I knocked on on the door and and uh, and uh, and you know, and, and it answered. And uh, now I, I I just feel so blessed and, and humble to. Um, to be able to, to go to work every day, and and with my team of physicians and, and scientists and and chaplains and, and research coordinators and and just and just witness out in the world, and you know this ancient healing wisdom still exists. You know it's interesting. I will share one little thing that one of the one of the board members, one of my co board members at GHI in New York, uh, we were doing some preliminary research. Uh, James Gordon, uh, who's the chairman for the Mind Body Institute in Washington, and and one of the deans at George. Uh, uh, Georgetown Medical School. Uh, he gave me a copy of his book, Manifesto for New Medicine, and in it, he it, it basically says he well, given the uh, the evidence coming out uh, and the effects of distant healing and, and, and prayer, um, this has brought uh, far more provocative, co- controversial elements of the world's spiritual traditions back into the discussion of effective therapies, and at least potentially within the compass of modern medicine. James Gordy says this suggests that the healing in which, and I'll say it. Jesus instructed his disciples might still be, two thousand years later, a vital component of healthcare. Wow! So there's there's a crack, you know there you know there's an ancient healing wisdom that uh, uh, in, in, in 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 the ancient cultures, and uh, I think that scientists uh, were allopaths, and I think in their uh, you know in their hubris, uh I think they acted too hastily and, and threw all, all that ancient healing wisdom, out. Um, and I think we're seeing that creeping back. Uh, well, we are. It's coming back. It's coming back fast. I it's being seeded into the children. All the children have seen Harry Potter. So so their their, their minds don't have the, the limits that, let's say, you and I, when we were kids and whatever, we were told that, uh, oh, i got a great story for you. Eldon, you're going to appreciate this.
0: Okay, please. So
2: <laughs> next to my office, I have the, the, uh, the dean and the head of the Department of Psychiatry seen you know all the celebrities and movie stars coming in coming in the office and stuff like that and, and one day he comes into my office uh, and he said well, what are you what are you doing here and i started showing him plates and he said I, he said well i we, we work on disfigured kids we work on the lame we work on the sick we work on the paralyzed and and he said well what modality do you use do you work with drug or what surgery and i said well we 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 do it with a with a mind
4: so um uh,
0: That's that's why I asked you about what you were doing by way of protection because what what happens whether you know it, it, it is the greatest healers of the history that we sure, can look yeah. at is wow. someone it becomes jealous or someone you know is so convinced uh, you know I'm, I'm reminded of Galileo who brings the oh clerics in to look in the telescope and they're. Sure. They're convinced he's painted dots on the end of it. They can't believe what they see. They're that rigid in their thinking. And then, then of course, they have to defend it. And so, you know, that's when the challenges come up. But, you know, I I promised everybody uh, before the break that I was going to ask you about, do you ever take on any of the illness or the condition? I mean, does it exhaust you? Uh, in the healing process or, or are you regenerated or tell us, tell us about that. What is it like? What, what does it feel like when you're actually manipulating flesh and bone lifetime?
2: Okay. Eldon, I'm going to answer that. I'm going to answer that question. But first, I I just want to touch on that, on the, on the last point. I, I think that, I think that medicine, um, is a market driven industry. And I think that people are now, Asking to see integrative healthcare, so and then that's why, you know, Doctor Oz, you now see Reiki in the operating room. I think this is like amazing. We're seeing this happen, but the, the thing, the thing, why, why no one's really attacking our group of, of doctors and surgeons and chaplains that are all licensed and, and we're supported by the, the top, you know, uh, some of the, the top families in, in the nation. Um, and I think no one, the, the reason why is that. We're not doing a uh, we're not doing a revolution here. We're not replacing anyone. It's, we're doing it within medicine, within we're doing it within healthcare, and we're we're assisting in an evolution. So we're not we're not. And also, I think probably if I were to, uh, you know, put a shingle out in, uh, in New York and saying, "Hi, this is the school for you know miracles," and I I started teaching people, yes, people would get jealous and, and uh, physicians would lose income, and then I think that would be a problem. But I'm not at that point. Uh, I am in conversation with certain uh, big educational groups who yeah, I'm want ask to be you created uh, to uh, the title of the show to uh, to integrate uh, advanced uh, healing interventions in clinical care. But I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see that. So let's get back to to your question, and it's a very, very good question. I, um, in my, my career now, my 16 years uh, of, of being a healer, uh, I've uh, facilitated and, and uh, t- uh thousands of healings, and uh, people have said to me, well, can you do eight or nine or ten or a day? And I said, well, I kind of limit myself to two or three a day now. And the reason for that, and then people will say, oh, well, I do know some healers who can, you know, they can heal thousands of people, or they can help. And I said, well, what, what exactly can they do? And they said, well, they can hold space and do these things. Now, if you want to enter a room and, 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 and connect a Source and step into a state of grace, Um, and you're just really a, uh, a conduit, that's not that draining on you. However, the, the work that I'm doing, where I'm actually serving as a conduit and, um, allowing that much, uh, source to flow through me like a laser, Mm. uh, and it takes a toll on me. And, um, so like if you, if you, if you plug a hairdryer and you run it, the cord's going to get hot. So it does take a toll on me, um, uh, I limit myself to two to three a day now. Even with my contract with the organization, I'm entitled to get a to uh, to get a, a massage or, or some acupuncture once a week. It's part of my contract here um, because I got to take care of myself. You know, it's, it's important for the healers to take care of themselves. But yep. um, uh, it can be very exhausting. But I think that. Uh, you know the, the the gifted healers will tell you. Uh, you know, after years of, of, of practicing as a healer, you, you learn certain mechanisms to protect yourself and to uh, to protect yourself um, from uh, from 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 allowing the you know the illness or the disease or the condition of the uh, the participant or the recipient to uh, to affect you. And uh, I've been uh, you know, and I've developed certain 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 um, practices. Uh, to 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 prevent that from from having deleterious effects on, on my health. Um,
0: I, I have to ask question. you. I have to ask you this well, at this juncture, uh, JP. We've entertained a couple of healers, uh, and uh, one of them <clears throat> told me that in a healing process, they came on a very dark energy that was indeed. The reason that, in this case it was a child, the reason this child was was ill. it was a, an attached spirit, if you will, a very dark. Have, have you ever encountered that kind of thing? Well
2: <laughs> I, uh, you know it's, it's interesting uh, when I was a child, uh, I remember a family member coming back from a war and uh, and somebody said, don't don't ask them what they saw in the foxholes. and I, I, I have seen things and I'll discuss those with you in private. But uh, right now, I, I'm limiting the, my research to exploring and documenting physical changes in bone and tissue and scars and, and doing that. But the field that we're now venturing into um, is I'm, I'm literally looking at the theoretical to the tangible. I'm looking at the the efficacy of a mind-body-spirit approach to, to tangible physical changes in bone and scars and tissues and tumors and things like that and doing that. But... but um, Absolutely. And all of those ancient healing wisdom stories uh, that speak about this um, uh, is, you know, it's very, very interesting. I, I have an apartment in New York, and my, my neighbor, quite coincidentally, is uh, – <laughs> I didn't know this, but he's like the world expert in exorcism. He was the uh, Malachi Martin, and he wrote oh. Hostage to the Devil and. um uh, and he gave me a few of his books to read and take a look at them. And I said, oh, that's all hogwash, whatever. But, um, but I, I was dragged into, to a situation to, to witness and, and into other situations where, um, there is, uh, you know, there's a saying, you know, where there's, uh, where there's, uh, where there's, where there's smoke is fire or whatever, or mm-hmm. all great, uh, you know, myths are, uh, you know, they're rooted in some truth. Um, and I think, uh, I think there are, you know, more, more, Things that happen, you know, in the world that can be dreamt of in our imagination. And I'll give that to the bard. Uh, you know, I'll give credit to the Shakespeare for that. But um, I'll have a conversation. Um, yeah, I've seen things that uh, that I'm not comfortable discussing uh, on the radio <laughs> right now, and it's only because I I I I, I, uh, I, I have a, uh, I have to stay with the mission of the organization, and I and I I just want to keep it just in the, in the, in the scientific tangible realm for the minute, and I hope you can appreciate that.
0: I I can. I respect that thoroughly. Let me ask you this, though, JP. I mean, you're the intervention for all intents and purposes. Sooner or later, your organization and everyone else that is involved, tangentially even, are going to want to clone you somehow. So you're going to be called upon to teach someone to do what you're doing um you must have entertained that you must have considered who the candidates might be i mean where would you go would you go right back to the ministry that you studied in i mean how, how would you train someone or do you th- do you even think that's possible
2: great question um you know again you know i have this great resource of uh, i'm in a building with you know 50, 60, 70 doctors, and I and I, have a, uh, and I, I actually have a resource to draw on, and I, and I explain to them, and they explain to me how new modalities or interventions are integrated into healthcare. And you, you know, start out with a first step of discovery, you know, discover something. And then what you want to do is after you discover something, you want to do multiple uh, tests on it. So you want to replicate the outcome just to make sure it's not an anomaly or a fluke. And then after you do that, you know, you publish, you get it out there, uh, out there to the world. And then Mm -hmm. the next step, as you say, is you want to duplicate. So, uh, while I've never claimed to be the intervention, I'm simply the conduit. Um, however, yes, we can duplicate J.P. Farrell's. Um, and I have actually trained people. Uh, I, you know, I was a representative of the United Nations for many years, and, um, I had a practice in New York, Princeton, and in London and I have trained, trained people. Um, and I am in conversations with a couple of universities who have, uh, we've met, uh, who are very interested in creating, um, a fellowship actually to train, uh, healthcare professionals within a clinical setting to, uh, integrate and augment into, into patient care, these advanced healing interventions. So, uh, I had, uh, uh, but we will need a fellowship to train it, and uh, and I've been working on that. I actually wrote a textbook. Uh, I, I don't want to own it. I, I simply want to – it's very interesting. I had a, uh, a meeting with a, with, a, with a physician from Mount Sinai the other day, and he said to me – he sat down, and he looked at me straight in the eyes, and he said, JP, I said, yes, Eric, and he says, you have a moral imperative to, to, to pass all this wisdom and training on. And I said, absolutely, it's not mine, it's not mine not my wisdom it's not exclusive to me I don't own it but uh, what's very interesting Elden is uh, I think so many people uh, who are doing energy medicine or doing Reiki are at a level right now uh, where they're running you know they're running the mile and I'll make an analogy at uh, at five minutes which is pretty pretty quick but you know they've been running the the, the uh, marathon now for uh, 3,000 years uh, they started running at Greece, and up until recently, no one had ever broken a four-minute mile. And, and one day in England, Roger Bannister breaks right. the four-minute mile. Said it couldn't be done. There was this threshold, that glass ceiling there, for thousands of years. And one day, he one day he just breaks the four-minute mile. Now, I'll yeah, ask the, you
0: Greek, this. the Greeks had I'll even chased this. runners with wild animals to get him to beat that, and been that successful. Yeah.
2: So, so here is the big question. So what happened the year after this man did the impossible? What happened?
0: I know the story, well, so you go ahead and tell. In fact, I've written about this one myself. <laughs> eight,
2: or, eight, eight or nine other people duplicated his feet. Eight. So oh. what's interesting is I have brought um, uh, both from the secular community, people who are just working with energy, and i brought people with, who are let's say, more, uh, you know, who are, who are, like, work with under a faith of, let's say, Judaism or Christianity, and, and I brought them in, or, uh, you know, Sufis, and I brought them in. And uh, observing, observing something that in their subconscious think is possible, and then observing and experiencing it will allow them to expand and remove the cognitive obstacles in their brain to know I can go that, go that much further. So I think I think a lot of the work over the next uh, decade is going to be removing the cognitive obstacles of not only the physicians and healers, um, but but
0: of course the, public to, uh, the at institutions. Large. Yeah, my wife, who is very spiritual today, uh, probably yes. you know always has been. I don't mean to change that life, but but she was trained as, of course, a scientist. Uh, if you heard the setup piece, you know that she worked in a path lab, and you know she's a microbiologist, and da 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 da. When my oldest son, who at the time was just two, fell ill as a result of stress and moving, I took her, I took him to a non-traditional physician. She'd also had an MD from Tulane, so you know she was skilled in both. And she, this is twenty years ago now. Uh, she used qigong, Gong, and he came home feeling great, bouncing and bumping. I mean, it was you know, instantaneous, and my wife was not happy with that at all. We right. had to right. see a traditional physician the, the very next day in order to verify that, you know, there wasn't something still going on, and he was just covering it up. So it, the, there can be these major blocks, even in people who Who are aware that this sort of thing is possible, so I suppose, right. in a sense, uh, you want to comment on that Rav?
1: you 're telling tales on me telling yeah i mean but it 's right, I mean, it was my firstborn son, and I was panicking, so yeah, I wanted that authority figure, that traditional authority figure telling me it was okay yeah so
0: i i, I, I think j p you 're absolutely yep. right what. You know, your major hurdle is going to be breaking down those cognitive barriers within and without the medical tradition, um, the so-called allopathic uh, sure. Sure. science, uh, in order to advance this. But, but when you do, I mean, I, I I think what you're saying is that once a person sees what you've done, that that pretty well breaks up. I mean, seeing is believing. I guess that's what it comes down to. You can say it's not possible, I mean, but when you walk away and you don't have an explanation and you've seen it, you, you have to accommodate that. We And, and absolutely. that that takes our markers and it moves them out. It, it, and, and I begin to then think about, you know, like, how, how do you change the larger sense? I, I'm reminded of the story of the 100th monkey. You're familiar yeah. with that, aren't you? So sure, do you think, the collective consciousness do you, do you do you see in your lifetime reaching that hundredth monkey point wow what
2: a fantastic question let me let me let me speak to to those three questions okay so first of all you know i i i the interesting thing with me is i'm a very clean-cut looking guy and I, I just look like a a banker or something. I look very clean cut, and and what I do is I, I dress in the garb that they give me at the at the institute for spiritual and healthcare in Princeton. So I dress as a research scientist, and so I kind of look like an authority figure. And people come into to my office, and, and they sit and they talk with me, and and there it's almost like their subconscious knows it. This is a professional professional person. So I, it, I almost look because I have the lab coat on with the initials after it. And that it's palatable, it's it's able to receive it. But um, you know, uh, I've read all of Larry Dossi's books, and uh, he's, a, he's a great mentor of mine. I, I can, I've had the pleasure of meeting him, and, and 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 that's a beautiful quote I have in my office, and I'm going to read it for you. very quick. And he says, you know, he says what he says. What I'm saying here is that the psyche has ways of manifesting far beyond anything known to materialistic science. He writes, you need to get a feel for what's at stake here. The reason that many of the dedicated materialistic scientists are so infuriated over the mere discussion of prayer or distant healing or Reiki or something, it really begins to call into question their worldview. It calls into question the adequacy of materialistic science upon which these people have staked their careers, identity, and self-esteem. So that's what we're up against. We're yeah. up against, a, you know,
0: people I'm going to have you hold um, it right there. Larry's been on the show. Uh, we have another break. After the break, let's come back and let's pick it up. We're glad you absolutely. tuned in today. We know you have many choices, and we're grateful you chose to join us. We love your feedback, so please join me on Facebook and or drop me an email at eldon, that's E-L-D-O-N, at com. I love sharing your letters and comments on the show, and that's a great way for you to participate. We'll be right back following this short break.
3: You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor.
4: Gotcha. The explosive new book by New York Times bestselling author Eldon Taylor explores the 24-7 bombardment of information designed to win the hearts and minds of the public. He demonstrates how new sound bites are championed into personal awareness, becoming memes of the culture. Your very decision process is being managed and manipulated, and the quest for discovering your real self becomes exponentially more difficult, if not impossible, as a result. Pre-order now. EldonTaylor.com slash gotcha.
0: Hi, I'm Eldon Taylor, and you're listening to Provocative Enlightenment Radio. I'm so glad you could join me as we tackle those tough questions in search of the answers that really matter. But remember, this is a journey we are undertaking together, so I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Please send your comments to Eldon, that's E-L-D-O-N, at EldonTaylor.com. You can also join in the conversation by joining me on Facebook at Dr. Eldon Taylor, that's D-R-E-L-D-O-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Now, back to the show.
4: Bring on two to the other side. Bring on two to the other side.
0: Welcome back. We've been chatting with Joseph Pierce Farrell about his work, research, and book, Manifesting Michelangelo. In this half hour, we'll take your call, so if you have questions, give us a call or advance your comments and questions in our chat room. And remember, I love your feedback, and a great place for that is on Facebook, so I invite you to join me there today. All right, JP, we just played your third musical choice. I guess this one could be called I Get High. I Get High. <laughs> the Doors performing Break On Through. Why this one, sir?
2: Wow, Break On Through, yeah. Um, love that song. I have that in my car. Uh, break On Through. Um, I think I think what we're seeing, Eldon, um, I think we're, we're seeing the end of like a, like a second dark age. And uh, the signs are all around us. I mean, you know, in the, in the old dark age, you used to think that the earth was flat and and they had all these erroneous beliefs. And uh, of course, you know, all new uh innovations and all new discoveries are initially received as heresy. So I think uh we're breaking through. We're breaking through uh to uh we're breaking through the other side and, and what I mean by that is is we're breaking out of this kind of materialistic, mechanistic world. We know that there's a lot more um, a lot more uh happening that affects our lives and our health. Um then we can uh, perceive with the with the five senses. So we're breaking through. Um, we're breaking through to another side. We're coming out of a, a dark age, and we're moving into to to a new era where people know that uh, there are these uh, influences and energy and different things that have a, a great that have a great reaction uh, to uh, to our physical health and mental health. So we're seeing a change. Um, you asked a very good question um, earlier. Um, and basically, you know, uh, the hundred monkey. And will we see this in our in our in our lifetime? This change, where people will move from like kind of a, uh, a mechanistic kind of belief system construct to uh, to accepting and and, and believing um, that uh, that we, our mind, our, our our mind, body, and spirit, and our belief system, can actually affect the environment. Where where this that's provocative. I mean, that's really provocative. Can our mind, body, spirit interface, if yoked together with some practice, <laughs> can it affect physical matter and tissue? Well, the evidence is there. James Gordon, chairman of the White House Commission on Complementary and Alternative Medicine recently, said the evidence is there. All we need is a change in consciousness, James S. Gordon, MD. Okay, so here, 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 here's where we are right now. This is where we are, Eldon. The evidence is there. Um, it, it, it's known. A lot of people have known. A lot of your listeners uh, have experienced healing. They know it. They know it's efficacious. They, they've, they've seen changes happen. And but the collective consciousness um, of, of this country uh, has not yet accepted that. Now, you asked if, if we're going to see this. If we're going to see this in my lifetime, in 100 years. I think we're going to see this in the, in the decade. I think within the decade or maybe even less, maybe five or six years, will the collective belief system will move to the point where, yes, a mind-body-spirit interface and our belief can alter our environment around us. And let me give you a beautiful illustration that gives me hope every morning when I wake up and I have a little poster in my office mm-hmm. of, uh, of the Wright brothers. Now, I'm sure your audience knows the story of the Wright brothers, but here's two, 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 two men, not highly educated, Day they're walking along a beach and uh, they see a a seagull, a dead seagull. They notice that the seagull's wing is curved. And so they go home (laughs) and they get some uh, canvas and they they stretch it. They stretch it over. And i already had a meeting with, with someone at 15 minutes and uh, i've met with the, some of the producers who uh did the show on uh john of god and i've had the new york times uh camped out in my my waiting room so um the media is very interested in this they're very very interested and uh there are other other people in the world and
0: the uh, lawyer show on J.P. on television? Sorry? Is this something you could do on television? I mean, if you were giving the opportunity uh, to do a TV show and, uh, you know, you you um, brought in whoever you wanted to bring in, your medical doctor, uh, sure. client, patient, um, you know, whatever, however you refer to them, is it something sure. you could do on television? Would I do it? Yeah.
2: Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've been, uh, you know, I've been for 15 years. I, I, I've been working, and I, I, I decided that I'd work within academia and within a clinical setting to, to bring this change along. And uh, I
0: think so I you're have not ready to seven, be the Wright Brothers.
2: I, I have about six or seven different treatments sitting in, in the office from from major, major network. Uh, I mean, networks and uh, producers, uh, production companies to to do this. So. I, I, what I want to do is I, I would like to participate in, you know, in, let's say, a documentary, uh, uh, you know, really kind of looking at the frontiers of, uh, of this emerging field. Of, you know, it's very interesting. Well, PBS had a special a few years ago. It was called um, The New Medicine, and uh, the uh, and they basically uh, prophetized, you know, if you will, that this is going to happen. It basically ended with biofeedback in mind body, and it says – we know that the mind is the greatest mediator of physical change, and we're mm-hmm. seeing a change coming. So I think we're ready for the next step. Um, I'm just so glad and happy to have done my part in it. And um, and I'm just uh, you know probably retire in twenty twenty five years. And I just know that the, you know the younger people who are coming along and the people in middle age right now who are moving into the field as a professions, I think we're going to see some. Uh, Really, Olympic gold athletes in, in this field of the mind, body, and mind, body, spirit. I think we're going to see some some amazing people coming through. Uh, you know, they say uh, sometimes art uh, copies uh, reality, and you know, the you see, we've all seen the movie The Matrix. So I, I think we're going to see um, very, very gifted people come along, um, and we'll no no longer be able to go back and, and think that the world's flat.
0: All right. Well, you know, I guess I and I have so many more questions of you, but I I need to take questions out of the chat room. I'm not going to to do that first and then I'm going to bounce back to you cuz I really want to know, you know, do you do, I mean, can you do this healing at a distance? I I want to know um you know if we've got these new mind body spirit healers involved. How much emphasis is the spirit versus the mind? I mean, where is the placebo? Where do we draw the line? But hold Great on president. to that Melvin, and let's, twenty let's other questions out. that I have. Great, Let Melvin,
4: me- let's get you out
2: here to the Institute in Princeton and uh, have a sit down and uh, you know sit down and we'll get those questions out and we'll let's get them answered and uh, we'll come back on the show in, in six months or so.
0: You know, but, I'd um, love to do that. I'd love to do, do that. that. Okay, let's go to the chat room. Richard says. All right, a more circumspect question. Circumspect, I'll get that said. I was up till 1 o'clock last night doing Coast to Coast. I'm wondering where part of my brain is right now. But as I look at this, it says, what's the difference between mind and spirit? Good question, Richard.
2: Okay, I'll I'll take a stab at it. You know, it's interesting. Um, People uh, people are always posing questions to me, and I, I simply... You know, And I want the audience out there listening. I, I want you to understand that I, I don't profess to be, uh, uh, have all the answers to these questions. And, uh, we're all on a journey. We're all exploring it. I'm, uh, I am a practitioner. I'm somebody who, you know, the difference between a neurosurgeon and, uh, somebody who uh, studies neurology. And I mean, some people who study the brain and the brain chemistry are, um, typically are the, the, the really gifted academics. And then the neurosurgeon is, is simply the person who is working the, the drill and the scalpel and, um, and these different things. So, so I am, I'm a practitioner. I'm the one who uh, does the work, uh, you know, five days a week. And I, I don't fully understand. I really believe that we need to uh, continue doing the work. I think we need to continue to explore I think we continue to document, and more. The more we explore, and the more we document, the more we understand. But I'll I'll take a I'll take a um, I'll take a stab at that. You know, the mind uh, the mind is not the mind is not the great lump of tissue inside of the brain. The mind is something different. The mind um, the mind is not local, and the mind the mind and the activity that's happening with the mind uh, can you know pass you know, without it outside of the body, you know. Somebody once said, um, you know, that thoughts are things. So thoughts are actually waves. And thoughts can, you know, they can, they can leave, they leave the, you know, the, the, the tissue, you know, the pathology within the body, and they, they, they go out into the, they actually send waves out, uh, say, send waves out. You know, it's, it's very interesting when you look at a bat or you look at a porpoise, and they send waves out. They send waves out, and those waves go out, and they, they, they travel hundreds of miles. So so our minds and our thoughts do go out. And, you know, some of us, you know, that that burn very bright, you know, send out very, very powerful. And there are people who purport to be able to receive and, 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 and receive knowledge and information. But that's not my area. My You know, my area is um, using spiritually-based uh, interventions in, in clinical care to, uh, to gauge uh, being able to change uh, human tissue and achieve... Uh, benevolent uh, effects, but so the second question is spirit. You know, and what is spirit? And uh, and uh, you know, we have been we've been uh, trying to grasp that question for uh, for thousands of years. Um, I do feel that there is a split a log, you lift a rock, you 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 within you, without you. I mean, there there is a there is a field, there is a source. Um, I. Uh, uh, there's a saying in uh, in Hindi, neti neti, you know, which means it's not this, it's not that, and I don't think we truly at this point have the nomenclature to really get a grasp and understand it. But there is a palpable force and a source that, uh, with some training, you can tap into and you can direct it with the accuracy of a high grade medical laser to achieve benevolent uh, effect in uh, in the human body or in animals.
0: So, well, what a blessing! Yeah, that, I had that. Just gives rise to a question. I have to interrupt here. If you were to hand an amateur a high-grade medical laser, they could do far more damage than they could ever do good. So, this, this, when you're the conduit, right. the, what you're a conduit for must be intelligent, because Great you question. don't have the Great medical question. training. You know, Go ahead. You know, see my question. No, Go um, ahead. Somebody
2: once said. Uh, somebody, uh, I, I gave a lecture at Fordham University recently, and uh, somebody said, "So, so, you, so, you're you're bringing you're you're bringing energy through, and and whatever." And I said, "Well, you know, the way I think of energy is kind of like a battery. So, if you hook hook up a device to a battery, you know, the electricity comes through and the energy comes through, but it doesn't really have intelligence. You know, it hits a motor and it does something. Whereas mm-hmm. if you hook up hook your laptop up. To the uh, internet and you download software, this intelligence coming through. So, so when, when you work as a conduit and you surrender and you allow this benevolent, uh, force to come through you, um, it apparently, it, it or, or, or the, uh, or the, the observed, you know, the body, uh, they have this relationship where I have never seen in the thousands of healings. And, you know, a foot from them. And I've just, you know, it's very interesting. I remember watching Sammy's, all all of these scars just melting from his face. And somebody said to me, well, how do you know you're not going to go too far and fast? And I said, I'm not doing this. I'm a conduit, and it's coming through me. the energy is intelligent.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah I like your software but, metaphor. Let me get another question out of the chat. Great. Um, you implied that you have seen stuff that is dark, but you don't want to focus on this. Don't you think this is part of reality, too, and as such should uh, be shared in order to provide a good? Well, I think you have answered that one. We'll just let that okay. one go. Okay. Well,
2: let me, let, me, let me just touch on that. I, I You know, I I'm working on a textbook. And I will offer that as a gift to the healthcare, and I, you know, that knowledge will come out, um, and I'm very happy with that. But, but, but then there, there are these other areas that I certainly do want to look at. Um, I do want to look at, and uh, you know, and, and I know people who you know are down at Duke and up at Cambridge who are starting to look at that and are starting to realize that you know psychology and it doesn't have all the answers, and we need to look, we need to look at the component of the soul and the spirit and this, this realm too because because we we certainly don't want to seg continue to segregate that ancient healing wisdom and all that body of uh, body of knowledge from from health care because there's a lot of people who are can be helped um and if we all know what the hippocratic oath is and the hippocratic mm-hmm. oath has two two points and one is we shall know not commit any uh any any crime of commission so we won't harm anyone we won't uh commit any uh, crimes of omission. So what that means is um, if there is a modality that can save a life or save a limb or, or heal a disfigured person, I mean, don't we have a moral imperative to integrate that into health care to, uh, to save a life, save a limb, remove someone from a coma? I mean, isn't there a moral imperative if there is an efficacious modality? And I'll let that one, uh, let your audience think
0: about that. I think, I well, think the answer to, to that is absolutely, imperative. of course. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Uh, JP, we've got about a minute and a half. I want everybody to know uh, how they can learn more about you, how we might, as an audience, be able to support your efforts, how they can contact you, and and so forth. So please share that with us.
2: Great. Well, I'm on the board of the Institute for Spirituality and Healthcare in Princeton, New Jersey, and uh, the URL is spirituality.com. Aandhealthcare.org, just spiritualandhealthcare.org Institute for Spiritual and Healthcare. You can look at our Facebook page, and you can, um, you know, we, um, <laughs> and uh, that's where you can learn more about who we are and what we're doing. And uh, we're supported entirely by philanthropy uh, through through donations. I actually, you know, what I like to have a conversation with you, Eldon, is like we, we do need to get the documentary out there. And somebody mentioned to me today perhaps we do some crowdfunding perhaps we, 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 we find a half a dozen of the greatest healers on the planet bring them into a clinical setting with uh, physicians watching and, and we turn the uh, spotlight on and, and we uh, garner some information and knowledge and wisdom and uh, we just give that out to the public and uh, let the chips lie where they may
0: I think so, it would be a marvelous uh, marvelous idea Okay. please continue I didn't mean to cut you off
2: so, um, integrating healing into healthcare—you know, this is a concept that, that time has come. And uh, you know, it's very fantastic if you check into a hospital. Um, basically, you can you can augment your care with some. They'll give you a little menu. It's like a menu of complementary alternative modalities that the uh, hospital offers. And one will be you know yoga, or one will be massage. And but, but healing is, is not on the menu. No, you you can't say, uh, you know, "I'll have this my surgery and this and that." And I, can I get a sign of healing with that? And uh, I think that I think that people in the future um, will want to see healing integrated into healthcare and no longer sec- uh, segregated from healthcare. And I, I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see it soon. And we are seeing it in right, certain sir.
0: hospitals. I do yeah. hope you're right. All right. Well, for everybody out there, do go to the website. Do check out uh, JP's work. It it is more than worth your while. And do, if you can, lend whatever support, whether that's a dollar or it's a good word, turning people towards this work. Because, you know, it depends upon us spreading it. I want to thank you again, JP, uh, for your willingness to share everything with us. We've come to the end of another episode of Provocative Enlightenment. I want to thank all of you out there for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our show, and we'll join us again next week, same time and same place. And do tell your friends. Let's have them join us as well. Okay, until next time, wherever you are in the world, remember, believing in yourself always matters. Provocative Enlightenment has been brought to you by Progressive Awareness Research and other sponsors. Provocative Enlightenment is a syndicated show and appears on other networks. For a schedule of show times, visit ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, write to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com.